When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Talking City. I'm James Robson, Manchester City Editor for the Manchester Evening News. With me is Simon Bukowski, Sports Correspondent for the MEN. And also Chris Slater, who is the Sports News Correspondent. Correct. Correct. What does that mean? It means, well, I straddle both desks, don't I, as you guys know, so... Uh... Sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, um, we sit a long way from each other. Yeah, I know. Too, a good distance for you, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do a bit of sport, but obviously work on the news team day to day. Well, it's just before that favourite part of the season for us, another international break. But before that, we can. We've probably got the game of the season so far, haven't we? Really, if you think about the City v Chelsea, two teams flying high, last season's champions, this season's pace setters. Chelsea beat City twice last season. What's going to change? Um, well, I think there's been some signs that a lot's changed with City so far, haven't there? Um, particularly defensively. I know it's just, um, you've got the two different full-backs at the centre of defence. It's the same personnel, but they just seem to be a lot more organised and uh, looking a lot more solid. I think Edison's probably got a lot more to do with that. Um, but yeah, you're right, it's an absolutely huge game. But I think City were going into it. You couldn't be going into it in any better form, could they? Scoring, piling in goals at one end, not conceding at the other. I think this is definitely the stiffest test so far. Obviously, everyone said that about the Liverpool game. I don't really subscribe to the view that the sending off suddenly made that a gimme. I think it was still an excellent performance. And I think they play like that again at Stamford Bridge. There's a good chance they could get all three points. But I think if they, if they win at Stamford Bridge on Saturday, they've laid down a massive marker there. Because... On paper, that is the toughest game of the season, away to the Champions. They've just won away at Atletico um, last night, so it's shaping up to be a blockbuster, isn't it? For me, this is, if City win this, it's going to answer a lot of questions, isn't it? Because I don't, you just said there that um, the send, sending off against Liverpool is used as the excuse, but it is an excuse, isn't it? Well, I, you know, you get a man sent off doesn't make you lose 5-0 and in that manner but they had a man <coughs> sent off and uh, before he was sent off Liverpool had looked pretty threatening even though they were 1-0 down um, they beat Crystal Palace last week but oh that's Crystal Palace they beat Watford no matter how well they're doing that's Watford there's been there's always been some sort of caveat hasn't there there won't be with Chelsea will there you're going to the home of the champions the team that were just streets ahead of anyone else last season beat you twice that will answer a lot of questions, won't it? Yeah, it will. And I, I think I've seen some nonsense about saying the media aren't giving City enough credit for their starts of the season. I mean, you, you should try being in a media press conference when Pep Guardiola refuses to give his word and give his team any praise at all. Because that's what, you know, every team is amazing right now, apart from City. <laughs> um, as he tries to, like, play it down. But if you take... Pep's word for things they went into that Chelsea game last season having had the confidence knocked from about September October um, and De Bruyne misses that glorious chance at 1-0 and Chelsea come back and, and take it and 
that was a really pivotal moment in the season. Whereas now, if you'd listen to the players at least, they're really pumped for it. They believe they can go to Stamford Bridge and do a job. Um, and it's about that mentality and character as much as being good at playing football. It was pivotal, wasn't it? I know it's the one that Guardiola looks at last season because what was it? If City had won, would it have been cut down to three points, something I think like they that? They might have gone ahead of them. Gone ahead, even yeah. right. And then they lose, and all of a sudden, they also got two men sent off. Two men sent off, and it was the very next game. So then Aguero missed two yeah. games. Fernandinho missed two games. The it, next game was Leicester. Leicester, Leicester, Mall, and yeah. so were, it was a pivotal point. You, you and, and probably the most pivotal point was when like you just said si, the, when De Bruyne misses that sitter, doesn't he? To, you know, if a team are low on confidence and then that happens, yeah. you can just imagine it draining out of them. And it had precisely the opposite effect for Chelsea, didn't it? Because they were on the back of a great run and then were given a bit of a tonking for the first, what, 60 minutes, weren't they? If they lose that game, that probably shakes them to the, to the foundation, doesn't it? Instead, they win it and they win it in the end comprehensively and they go off there and never look back, do they really? So... It's probably a fair point for Guardiola. I don't think you can put it down to one game, though, if I'm entirely honest. City's failings were were not just in that game where they... I think they'd started in kind of November, hadn't they? November, probably through to uh, February or March. They, they were inconsistent, weren't they? That's not down to one game. I think the worrying thing last season was that all these games against... The, we all know the record against the top six was a portal, and I think it was two or three points they took all season from against teams in the top six. Um... And they all seem to, these defeats and draws all seem to have the same sort of, you know, characteristic, which was they played really well, missed chances, and then basically conceded the few chances that they, you know, that they, they conceded at the other end. So I suppose it's as much about the performance on Saturday, I guess, as well. Like, you know, they need to, you know, really show that they can, you know, turn up in a big game like this and, and stamp their authority on it and not, not look. I think at times they did look nervous in these sort of games, possibly because, you know, Pep had come in and suddenly there was all this expectation on him but also on the players and the club um, so yeah it's going to be a big test of character I think as well as as well as sort of football and ability but I thought that showed <clears throat> on Tuesday against Shakhtar that I thought that showed the difference because like you say yeah a lot of these games City played really well and lost and it almost became a self-fulfilling prophecy there was also a bit of feeling sorry for themselves as in oh no what can we do and they, they have one chance they score that could have happened against Shakhtar on, on Tuesday because they had the chances, didn't they, after City had dominated. But instead, City went 2-0. And that, to me, felt like a real sort of sea change. It was a really professional performance and there was a particular moment in the first half, I think, a looped ball over the top that looked fairly sort of meandering, but Shakhtar were pretty quick on the break and it was between Stones and Edison. And kind of last season, it could have been an embarrassing mess-up, Stones at fault, keeper at fault. City 1-0 down but you know the, between the two of them they dealt with it removed any danger and moved on and that, there just seemed to be that difference this, this year Chelsea I think are probably the ultimate ruthless side though aren't they I think Atletico Madrid will attest to that won't they when you, when you can go there you're losing 1-0 to a side who's been in what two out of three Champions League finals in recent years English teams don't go there and win do they the way that Chelsea <coughs> did it that that is just a sign of how threatening they are, isn't it? I think they've been really underrated actually this season, Chelsea. Um, that Burnley defeat seemed to put a sort of a slant on on their season immediately when it was. I think they were just a bit slow at the blocks, a bit of ring rust or whatever, you know. Um, 
But they could have even got a draw out of that. I think Murata missed a yeah. chance at the end. But then since then, everyone seems to be assuming we're back to a Mourinho finishing 10th kind of season. Mm. When since then, they've been absolutely fantastic. Won at Tottenham, you know, like I said, won away at Athletic Madrid. And they do, they are brilliant at these big games, aren't they? Yeah, I think Conte, you know, Conte's the kind of manager you want in a game like that. And, he's, um, and it's again a different test of philosophies, isn't it? I'm guessing he, even though they're at home, he'll be happy to soak up pressure and try and hit City on the break with Hazard and you know Bakayoko driving forward as well. So that's the interesting thing for me, the clash of styles, because as impressive as a Liverpool game was, Liverpool's defence is a comedy act, isn't it? You know, and coming up against City, it was just asking for trouble. Uh, we saw at the other end Liverpool had their chances as well before City took the lead but those two teams love playing each other because they both let each other play don't they it's a case of well who's got the better firepower Chelsea won't get involved in that will they that's the that's hmm. that's the real test for City isn't it that finally it's a team who are a, a wonderful defensive unit and can hit you on the break yeah and <clears throat> the last tactical masterclass probably we had from Guardiola in a big game was at Old Trafford Maybe last September in the derby when he outclassed Mourinho and outthought him and City kind of hit United before they knew what was coming. Since then, as Chris has said, in the big games they've they've struggled a bit and the ultimate example being Monaco away where they just didn't have, have a plan or execute it and, and got steamrolled as a result. So this is, you know, it's a test for City, it's a test for Guardiola, Chelsea away... Uh, last season is actually the last game City have lost so they're nearly unbeaten for six months we'll say a lot if they can still say that after Saturday Speaking to Guardiola on Tuesday I asked him what his strongest attack was he said he didn't know do we believe that? Um, Possibly yeah I think a lot of it depends on the game and that kind of is you know where he's where he needs to make the right judgments in the right games, isn't it? I mean, I, th- I don't think we're ever going to see a Pep team, you know, sort of play more defensively in terms of, you know, playing two or three defensive midfielders and a, and a flat back four and happy to sit back. That's just never going to happen. I think how Guardiola approaches the game depends on, you know, what whether he goes for the pace and width or whether he goes a bit more narrow with the two silvers and things like that. So, But there seems to be an, an attitude in the City players at the moment, going back to the Shakhtar game, on... Tuesday night there seems to be an attitude of last season that when Aguero missed that penalty with 13 minutes to go when they were under pressure I think everyone would have thought oh they're going to concede and this is going to be a 1-1 draw but after Aguero missed the penalty all the fans I think you watch on telly or being at the game the impression that there was a lot of nervousness around the ground but I think the players just thought another chance will come let's mm-hmm. just get the ball back and let's go again because they're creating so many chances and I think that mindset that Simon was referring to earlier is, is, is key it's even if they go a goal down early at Stamford Bridge, you know, will they start to feel sorry for themselves or will they just be scrambling to get back to the kickoff and get going again? Because they could easily win two or three one from from that sort of situation, which is what Chelsea did to them last year. What is his strongest attack? I I don't think he has one. <laughs> do you? I have my ideas, and we'll we'll discuss. What do you think his strongest attack is? I still think his preferred attack will be with one of Aguero or Jesus. I think it's with that central pivotal striker, with the very mobile wide players as part of the three. So be it Sterling or 
and or Sane and Bernardo. I think that's his vision of his ideal attack, personally. See, but that's... So I've named four players. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I've got, I've got this a starting point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and which is why I think maybe this weekend one of Aguero or Jesus might not start. Now, of course, that means he's, he's going to have a wonderful player to come off the bench. No matter what happens, he's going to have two great... Attacking players. He thought that with Bernardo, didn't he? He came on, he was absolutely mm. fantastic. Yeah. Even for 10 minutes, he thought, paid £45 million for him. He's, every time he comes on, he's magnificent. He can't get in the team. You know, so I, think I do feel for him a bit. And you, I would, you kind of worry he's going to get a bit fed up, but I doubt it. I was, I'm sure he, he, seems he like knew a very what he was nice, signing him up for. He's like a very nice person. Simon's uh, interviewed him. He's, yes, he's very he's easy lovely. going. Yeah, yeah, he speaks yeah. better English than me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not too hard. <laughs> Um, I think he might start on Saturday, Bernardo. Yeah, I can see I, I that. I think uh, he keeps the ball better than Sterling or Sane, and I think that's going to be key for um, City to avoid those Chelsea counters. And it, Chelsea will try to congest it as well, won't they? And he's perfect in small spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he's so quick. And like Chris says, he just comes off the bench and immediately creates. And you sort of wonder, why hasn't he been playing? So we've got one. That's Bernardo. Yeah. That's one. Are we going with the front three? I think he'll definitely... Well, he definitely should play three at the back. And I think... I know, I'm sorry, I'm not jumping to the other end of the pitch. (laughs) But I'm saying for... Let's focus on it. I think that's another... But that's another important tactical switch in a game like this. I think that'll stand him in better stead because... When he was playing a flat back four last season, the full backs were getting up or tucking yes. in as he wanted them to. And that was leaving just the two centre halves and perhaps Fernandinho, who could well be forward as part of the attack anyway. I think now with the three centre backs, he's always going to be four back. So I think that's <laughs> at least there's one more body back there for when Hazard's charging forward. Anyway, as we were talking about the attack, yeah. yes. you, so we've got Bernardo. You've got to lock in. No, what I'm saying, if you're playing a back three, then that's one less attacker, isn't it? But essentially, because you. You're thinking of the three centre halves, okay, two forwards. So you're saying it's going to be a front two. I think. He, I think. He, well, then it won't be Bernardo, will it? Well, so we've lost Bernardo. Okay. There's one thing we know about Guardiola is we can't predict the team. We, we right. never will. So I'll I don't know why we're trying. But it we definitely will. will not be the team that played on Tuesday night. No. That is a guarantee because no. he never plays the same team twice. I, I think he might stick with Aguero and Jesus. I'm wondering how he's getting three at the back. Well, well, yeah. He's only got two fit centre-backs. Yeah. A good point. <laughs> <laughs> I, Unless Company you, is now... You know, Classic Van Gaal is a fit centre-back. Well, Company should have been. I, I will when, when, when Guardiola does that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing... I mean, one, unless he plays Danilo... He could play Walker or Danilo as part of back three, couldn't he? Unless, unless you go... Yeah, Danilo was one of the back three and then Delph at left wing-back, but then... I didn't know Delph left <laughs> defensive flank probably was isn't what he had in mind for a game like that. I mean, one another option is obviously Gundogan came on the other day, didn't he? he um, yeah. Looked looked okay. I know there was a scare at West Brom, but he looked okay. Didn't well, he? whose place does he take? Well, I'm thinking could Fernandinho move into the back three and Gundogan move into his place? That's a good suggestion. Is it? Well, <laughs> you make a lot of changes. <laughs> well, it's, you know, he could play. He could play Bravo at left back. Should <laughs> <laughs> play Mendy while we're at it. He's good with his feet. Um, there's a, to be fair, I've, I've, I've long advocated that, and he's never done it. So I don't know why I'm, advoc- I'm advocating it now. I doubt he's going to uh, experiment at Chelsea away. But I've, I've, he did do it with Barcelona, didn't he? Famously, Mascherano, yeah, yeah, playing the centre halves. I always thought Fernandinho would eventually come 
so far back that he was, that he was yeah. at the back. But it just, as I, I said, it doesn't seem to have happened so far. No, so. I think he's had numerous opportunities to play Fernandinho centre back mm. and hasn't. Mm. It does um, mix in though, doesn't he? Yeah, there's a difference yeah. between starting there. I, I also don't think he sees really. I don't think he sees Gundogan as a holding midfielder. No, it, he sees him as either as a replacement for Silva or De Bruyne. We've got three yeah. centre halves. You know, you know, it's not really a holding midfielder. Is it? There's is three true. people behind you, so it's it's a case of linking play. You're basically linking the and Gundogan's great at driving forward and actually bringing some energy to. The, to the team, isn't he? But, so, so we've gone off at a tangent there. I don't it, think we've resolved anything. In a very Guardiola manner, I'm massively overcomplicating <laughs> this. I do apologise to you two and the listeners. So, up front. <laughs> I'll try to nail you on this. Who is playing up front? Do you, do you want me to tell you the team? The One team to 11. We'll start I only want the attack. That's all I've Back to the defence. you got close to that. Edison, Walker, Stones, Otamendi, Danilo... Fernandinho, De Bruyne, Silva, Bernardo, Jesus Aguero. Okay. I, I do, yeah, I think that's... Okay. I, think, I think Sane starts, but otherwise Instead I was... Instead of Aguero or Jesus. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Or possibly yeah. Yeah, Bernardo. I mean... <laughs> You're confusing things again. <laughs> but he has, like we were saying before, he has, if you're going off his selections this year, then... Bernardo would seem. I know it sounds bizarre to say it would be a bit left field, wouldn't it? Because he's not. Yeah, yeah. But he has been bringing him in slowly. Mm. Mm. Maybe and waiting all along for this. I mean, last last season he did that with Sane, who took a while to come in, but he did pick him for the big games. Mm. Um, so I, I want. I just wonder if he's been held back for such an occasion. He's going to unfurl him, and he's going to win the game, and everyone's going to talk about. The wonderful options that he has in attack. I'm right he can afford he, to leave a striker on the bench. He did play Aguero and Jesus against Liverpool, didn't he? I'm right in thinking that. He did, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that that's the other. That's the one you'd compare. You'd look at, wouldn't it? His team well, that L- day. Liverpool was so wide open. He probably just thought. He probably thought about not playing any defenders. Yeah, I think he thinks. <laughs> that. I think he didn't look like a defender that day, anyway. No. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, the, speaking of defenders, <laughs> the one name we haven't we mentioned a lot, <laughs> the one name we haven't mentioned is the name that we've all been talking about all week, the name that City fans have been talking about all week, and that's Benjamin Mendy. He, at the time of recording, is in Barcelona for tests. You'd imagine City will know by now the extent of the damage, but from the sounds of things from Guardiola, it did not sound good on Tuesday with fearing ligament damage what sort of a a loss is he absolutely massive I think I think if you'd have said to well definitely Guardiola and probably City fans like name me two or three players that you don't want to get injured he'd have been in the top two or three um, because he, you know I know with Danny Alves going to PSG they purchased another full backs the, the transfer plans around that changed massively didn't they and they ended up with three for four spots with Danilo Filling in if needed, and I don't, you know, he certainly would have been hoping he'd have been needed so quickly and for such a long time. That's if it is as serious as he's being feared with uh, Mendy. I know he didn't take kindness to someone putting a time frame on it on Twitter, did he? No, he shot he, Duncan Castles down, he, suggesting he might be nine months. But. You, you can understand that because you know, if if well, there was something wrong with us physically, you know, medically, you wouldn't particularly want people speculating about no. it. But the reason we're speculating about it is because he has become such an important member of this team, hasn't he? And look, we're also we're going off experience here that when 
someone comes off the pitch and we're told it's not serious and then all of a sudden they're in crutches and they're being sent to a renowned specialist who saves people's careers, you start thinking, actually this might be more serious than we thought and the manager himself says he thinks it'll be months. You're putting two and two together here and generally a knee injury that might be months is, a lig- is ligament damage. Which ligament, we don't know, but mm. generally that, that is what it comes down to. Um, I, I just think the City team we're seeing this season is based so much on those full-backs that he signed. Mm. It's transformed this team. To lose one, you don't spend £100 million on two players if they're not that important, do you? And to lose one of them is such a blow, I think. Well, it's a quarter of the money they spent in the whole summer getting Mendy in. I think played 5-1-5, five, five, scored 22, conceded one with him in the team. It's not all him, but he's done pretty well. Mm. And he's just... His, his banter might be relentless, but he's relentless at putting crosses into the box. Yeah. You know, you know he um, crossed Bassani against Liverpool, I think, but just constantly, and it's such, and it's another way of making City more direct and making sure they score more goals, which was a big problem last season. So those overlapping runs as well, you know, because he, he's come bombing down the left wing, and then suddenly Silva can sort of use him as a decoy and then cut in and whip across it. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he sort of creates havoc, you know. Walker sort of, not to the same extent, but you know, d- does. Do his best to get forward on the other side, and he's, and he's had a really good start. But I think he was becoming a real standout player. Everyone had like massively high hopes for him. And, and Danilo, as good as he is, showed at Brighton that he doesn't have a left foot. So you're not going to get those overlaps with the same pace because the, the ball isn't going to be going into the box as quick. So they don't really have a direct replacement. They don't really have any kids coming up who could be thrown into the lion's den. Um, well, there is the thing is. You don't spend fifty million pounds on someone unless they are very different. That, yeah. that in itself means that you're not going to have just an, an automatic guy to come in and replace him. Danilo is backup, isn't he? But that is all he is. You, you've spent, you've invested that amount of money because they're going to change this team, mm. not because you want to fill in. Yeah. Well, I mean, on Monday when City was still saying, "Oh, he might be able to play tomorrow," um, Stu Brennan asked Pep if you know it was a big problem if Mendy was out and he didn't even tell him any words he just nodded his head with a, a look to say why have you asked me this question everybody knows <laughs> that there is a massive problem um, mm. if it's out and then obviously on Tuesday night he, he's gone from that to um, talking about buying January replacements which is just opens up a whole <laughs> other can of worms doesn't it because again who is who is the replacement? Danny Rose is the obvious one. He's one who City liked as well. But again, you're looking at another £50 million if Tottenham would ever I mean, Bertrand was on the shopping list at one point. He was, yeah. yeah. I don't know whether they could go, go, back, go back for him, but... Telling would, would, much less. Would Southampton sell him, you know, and then there'd be a January premium on top? And he, you know, it depends what the prognosis on Mendy was as well. If it was six months, by the time we got to January, he'd probably be back in two months anyway. That's the issue with talking yeah. talks of a January replacement. It's it's from now till January, you know. Yeah. And the damage could be well we don't We've got to get to January, haven't you, first? Yeah. The interesting thing for me with the with the fullbacks, because we call them fullbacks, but they're essentially wingers, aren't they? The, you know, the, the amount of defending they do, particularly Mendy. Um they're just constantly bombing down the wings, aren't they? But same applies to Walker here. They're not built like wingers, are they? They're built I mean Mendy's built like a heavyweight boxer. Um Walker may be more of a cruiserweight, 
but <laughs> that's not what you expect of you tell them that <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you expect of wingers is it so Guardiola's brought I think it, it, it is like a new dimension to the idea of wingbacks isn't new but the idea of these because they don't look like fullbacks but they're not, neither of them are really built like fullbacks are they they're really powerful presences yeah. it must be terrifi- it's terrifying for a defender I mean, you think usually it's Sterling you can boot him off the ball can't Navas. you Is that Navas he's got these two absolute monsters who are just constantly banging down the wings which is again is why it's so so difficult to replace them yeah so disappointing as well because City do seem to have bad luck with injuries I know you know when you start ruining bad luck you know it's never a good sign but um, somebody mentioned to me the other day the season that Leicester won the title not one of their key players got injured Vardy never once even I don't think missed a game for injury neither did Mares or any of their back four who were so impressive Chelsea last year I think as well but the year they won it under Mourinho Costa stayed fit Hazard stayed fit you know um, Kante stayed fit last season but last year straight away you had Gundogan and company uh, you know mm-hmm. injured straight away two massive holes in the team and like, it- one of the key Things this year with Guardiola have just been praying, please everybody stay fit, you know. But if if injuries weren't a thing, if they weren't an issue, then you wouldn't have huge squads and you no. wouldn't spend the sort of money the top clubs spend on, on their squads. So you do have to accept these things. I think the cruel thing about Mendy is it's so innocuous, isn't it? It's a it's a tackle. He's played on even, hasn't he? Um after it and it's ended up being far more serious than he was. I did thought. see some criticism on Twitter of that, or he shouldn't have made the challenge at all, you know, like Well it was a Yeah, and Townsend <laughs> was basically running into touch, so <laughs> it's uh, it's always those kind of challenges that end up yeah. being injuries, isn't it, you know? Rather than big studs up challenges or anything like that. It was so. the same with Gundogan last season, wasn't it? That was fairly innocuous as well, and he tried yeah. to play it on as well. You, these things just, it, the shame is that I think Men Mendy and Edison are the two that you would not want to get injured. I think you could take pretty much anyone else getting injured and the team would yeah. still be all right. Yeah, you could find a way around. You, you know, know, it looked like it'd be bad when company got injured, but yeah. they've managed, and in part because they've had Mendy and Walker. Yeah, I think like Chris was saying before, it's the same It's the same central defence, but around them has been changed completely, hasn't it? And that, that's brought them on to another level. They've got a goalkeeper that they've got faith in, who's, who's commanding, and they've got two wing-backs who pretty much ensure that wingers don't get anywhere near City's half. So it is a lot easier to defend when that's the, the case, isn't it? Mm. I mean, he did say... Um, didn't he say that if, if, if it's serious and it's long-term, I've got an idea of who I'm going to play at left-back? I think he said, didn't he? Yeah, but then but when he... Quite, could... quite vaguely. I don't know whether he was referring to Delph. Was that before the yeah, Shatter game? Yeah, he was game? referring to... No, this was after the Shatter game. Yeah. Oh, right, OK. Um, and was he referring to Delph, did you think? Yes, yeah. Not, none of his ideas to replace Mendy were convincing at all. No. <laughs> um, one of them was... Um, Zinchenko. Zinchenko, who's not only not a full-back, he's a winger, um, and also, he can't get in a, get a game anyway, let alone mm. at fullback. So, that would be an odd one. That'd be left wing, certainly. <laughs> left, left field. field. Um, and, and yeah, Delph has done well, but Delph doesn't offer anything like Mendy offers. If he did, then you wouldn't have bought Mendy. You would have had. He, he's not. Guardiola's not one to. I don't think really make compromises. He wants players. He, he had a very clear idea of the defenders he wanted, and he was going to spend a huge portion of his budget on them. You don't do that if you're going to have just someone to fill in and do a job as well as Delph played the other night well he's been called up to the England squad and Gareth Southgate has said he's in to provide competition for the midfield so he's obviously not convinced England that he should be their next left back he did play well the other night but 
it's it's too soon to call them a serious option. Yeah, it, and it just also means that City have got to completely changed the tactics that have proved so successful so yeah. far this season, doesn't it? You're yeah. back to the old problem of last year. Well, it's fine. You can say, oh, he, he comes in as a defensive midfielder, and which is fine, but it's not bombing down the wing to stick nine crosses in every game. It makes me think that the loss of Kolarov is even more keenly felt. I know he's not the ideal option at left-back, but... He was another option, uh, someone who actually is a left-back by trade. Um, he would would also have provided another option in the centre of defence now that company's out. And I know that Guardiola said he doesn't want anyone, he doesn't want to play for the club, but maybe, maybe they should have held on to him. I don't know. Mm. Is that a controversial opinion? <laughs> no, well, he's, he wasn't the most popular figure, was he? But, I, mean, he, I thought he was like, good last year. I I, was one of the for best some reason, he's just always... Like, I say love-hate relationship, obviously hates a strong word, but there was always that sort of like standoffish relationship between him and the fans. Um, you know, just the nature, he was very back-offish, wasn't he? When people were running towards him, he'd be running back towards the net, which obviously really infuriates fans. <laughs> I remember sometimes at the end, you know, just people screaming at him to, to get out and close down and that sort of thing. But the, but then, yeah, then he said he was one of the best centre-hours he'd ever seen, didn't he? <laughs> He's, it's kind of, it kind of summed him up because when... It was announced that Guardiola was coming. Um, Kolarov kind of made it known that he wanted to stay and learn from Guardiola mm. because he quite fancied a coaching career later on. And and you thought, well, that's not going to keep him for long. And then and then just as Guardiola's been convinced by him and he's got plans for him for next season, Kolarov then turns around and says, oh, no, sorry, I'm off to Italy. It, it, just when you think he's frustrated you the most... He, um, he does it one last time. <laughs> it, it was an odd one because I, I would have thought he would have had plenty of game time this this season, really. Even even without the injury to Mendy, not at left back because obviously he played mainly at centre back last year, didn't he? Mm. And I would have thought. But he would have been a better option at left back than any of. He would have. The other he, he would have been better cover at centre back than Mangala. Yeah. Who Guardiola clearly doesn't fancy at all. Yeah. I mean, he'd let. <laughs> Well, we're on controversial opinions. He let Gal Cleese go on a free. So I mean, you know, and he didn't want to go. So could you just give him another year as backup left back? I mean, you know, in the knowledge that he wouldn't have played much. I mean, in hindsight, that wouldn't have been a bad move, now, would it? But you know, what's Bakary Sanya doing? Now? <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a lot of things on Instagram. Isn't he? It's, it's <laughs> Keep a, it's here. Not playing football though, I don't think. And not playing left back. No. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a, it's a real it's a real quandary. I think the reality is that. Um, either Danilo or Delph or maybe Sane uh, if you're playing somebody at home that you're quite confident being gung-ho against would probably be able to fill in adequately and get the points but it's like it's games like Saturday isn't it where and Champions League away games and games against the Premier League big boys where you're really really going to miss the, you know, the quality of Mendy I think So looking at Saturday predictions We've already said it's going to be the the sternest test of their title credentials away from home. Okay, first of all, what would be what do you think Guardiola would be happy with result wise? Point. It's always a funny question that though, isn't it? because people say, "Well, I'd take a point," but you, you, you sometimes you're better just gambling and trying to get the three. You know, you know, Fergie was always like that. United, I found he was quite happy to at one-one even away at a big team. He, Throw Hernandez on or something at the end and just see if he could nick it. If they lost the game, then you know 
You shoot oh, yeah. for the moon, and even if you miss, you might catch a star. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm not suggesting they, they go out for a, a nil No, nil, no. But I... That would be very unpeppy, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I just invented a word there as well. I don't, I don't think I copyrighted that. A point away from home against the champions and one of your title rivals is to be sniffed at. Certainly considering the record last year, keep the unbeaten run going, keep the positives. And what do you think the score will be? <laughs> point. <laughs> I think it'd be tight. One-one uh, or two-one, but it could go. That two-one could be either way. Hedging my bets, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Was that's about as clear as to what attack he's going to play. If you'd have asked me last week, I could have said that a, a convincing City win was not off the cards before the Mendy injury and four nil. Uh, three, yeah, three nil or something like that. But without Mendy and uh, Chelsea on a high after Atletico, I think it's going to be it's going to be uh, a lot tougher. But I still think City could nick it two one maybe. That's what? not like you. You're usually <laughs> the most pessimistic City fan. I know, yeah. They've been keep winning every time I've been tipping them to lose. <laughs> so uh, that's I probably put the uh, probably put the black mark over them now. But what about you, James? I think it's a very, very tough game. Controversial. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> uh, I, I just think Chelsea are going to take some beating at home. I, I'd agree with you. If City come away from that un, unbeaten, they'll do well. Uh, if they win it, I would really look at them as. Serious, serious, serious title contenders. Uh, it was, a, but it was around this time last season, wasn't it? I think it was a, actually this time last season they went to Tottenham and they lost, didn't they? It, it kind of they were found out at Tottenham. I'm not saying they're going to get found out, but I just think this is a very smart Chelsea side. And what they did against Atletico, I think, is that that should be something to concern Guardiola. I don't know whether it's worth a quick word on Aguero. Cause do we think he'd break the record? He'd need two, wouldn't he? One to equal it, two to break it. Well, I wasn't starting with him in the 11s. <laughs> <laughs> Super uh, sub. He's got a good record against Chelsea, hasn't he? He has. Sc- scored yeah. a fantastic hat-trick at Stamford Bridge the other year. When they were in that shocking, luminous green kit. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got a good record against everyone, really, hasn't he, to be fair? <laughs> yes, yeah. He struggled to find a team he hasn't. Well, look, like Guardiola said, it's going to happen. Stop asking me questions. I thought that was a bit of a, a sort of mean answer, really. You know, he seems to be just massively pouring cold water on the, on the fanfare of that, just sort of saying, I'm not interested in personal, you know, milestones. But I think it's that, when you look at the numbers, it is, it is staggering, really. It took Eric Brook, I think, sort of over a decade to get those 177. And imagine if he could take penalties and if he, uh, he didn't have the amount of injuries he had. And he didn't get occasionally suspended for... A, that was just last season, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, last season he might have broken it. Yeah. Play. Well, that um, I think I wrote a piece of the week about. That was it. a joke about penalties, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, completely. I do believe to be fair, that might be that. That is a, that is a bit of an issue actually, not because Yaya's not barely making the barely, mm. barely making the pitch, and he's the best penalty taker of the club by a country mile. So there was people I know who were at the game on uh, on Tuesday sort of scratching their heads saying, "Well, who do we go to after Sergio?" I think give it to Edison. <laughs> Keeper would run a mile if you saw him running at the ball from 12 yards, he, wouldn't he? He can kick a football. <laughs> I mean, everyone automatically says De Bruyne, but then um, he took one against Everton when Sergio Aguero had missed last season, and he missed as well. So it was, uh... Yeah, Jesus, maybe. Have we seen him take one yet? I'm not sure. He was quite, um, I wouldn't say downbeat the other night after being mm. taken off early, but kind of seemed to say, I'm not in great form, I'm not. The first Sterling's at Watford wasn't bad, was it? Just yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 
no people off to decide that one. You know, so you get a sheet up in the dressing room, or let them fight out amongst themselves, yeah, which yeah. is more likely. So yeah, I am convinced Aguero will break this record. Is what I'm saying. Um, it's a bold prediction, but not on Saturday. I'm not convinced it'll be Saturday. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ruling it out though. No. Um, where, where do you think he stands in the and then the annals of Premier League? We'll, we'll cut it to Premier League because there was no such thing as football before that. Is he the best Premier League striker ever? He's got to be one of. I'd put him alongside Shearer and Van Nistelrooy, probably. Players I've seen. Not mentioned Henri. Henri as well, but Henri wasn't as much a centre forward, I would say. As much as he was a forward. (laughs) Um, Now you are sounding like (laughs) Guardiola. Well, Henri said the other night, didn't he? That he puts him in the in that in that sort of bracket. You know, the greats. He has to be, doesn't he? I think the thing for me with him is that, other than when he's standing over a penalty, you never think he's going to miss, do you? You know, I can't think of many players. Shearer was probably like that as well. That when they went through or they just had a chance, you know, it's going to be a goal. You know, no fuss, it's going to be a goal. And there's been lots of prolific strikers who haven't thought that about. One that springs to mind is someone like Andy Cole. You know, you didn't know, did you? It's a bit like when Sterling runs through on goal, this could go anywhere. Yeah. With Aguero, if he's in front of goal, it's going to be a goal, isn't it? Mm. It is going to be remarkable if it's not. He's just got every every possible thing you could want from a, a striker. You know, he can score every type of goal and doesn't seem to have a problem with trying to score every type of goal every time he plays. Must be a nightmare to um, try and stop. I think character and body language is a lot as well, and you know, he's obviously he's language problems as many. He's not spoke to the media much really, so not people haven't heard much from him, you know. And um, just on the, he gives us that aura that you know he's 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 very ice cool in he all the time. But I think that can give the impression that he's sort of just, you know, he's, he's not charging around the pitches. He's not like some of those other strikers. Yeah, he's not Tevez, is he? Doesn't no, because Tevez. Well, I think sort of that can lead to this idea that he's underrated. I think because he just seems to be. You know, sort of lurking in the last third of the pitch, and but I think any idea that he's not giving a thousand percent is you know way off the mark because I think he, you know, when City signed him, there was no talk of him being an elite, elite player, was there? He was just a very promising young striker in Europe, and during his time at City, he's now in the in the top five or six players in the world. Does he get that credit though? I know we, you know, it's the same old thing. Never gets nominated for Player of the Year. Never gets in the Team of the Year. With that, I would say if you looked at every year he didn't get in the team of the year, there were generally two exceptional strikers as well. I think there was one year where by the time it had been announced, he wasn't a leading scorer, but he went and scored something like six goals after it and became a leading scorer. Um, is he just is he underappreciated? I think so, yeah, definitely. But it's kind of what I was alluding to then. I think, with, for instance, Harry Kane's a good uh, example because at the moment everyone's raving about him and rightly so he's frighteningly good isn't he but with him you get the impression that he's eking every last drop of his sort of mm. ability and talent out of himself now Aguero doesn't give off that impression but I don't think that means that he isn't no I no, think that okay. yeah I think he's doing the same as Kate I think Aguero is eking out every last you know sinew of his ability that he's got he just doesn't he appear, makes it look easy he makes mm. it look easy that's it he doesn't give off that or and he makes you think is there more could he be doing more but you know, I think that'd be unfair. I don't know what more you want from him, really. He's just yeah, but more has been asked of him. Yeah, you know, still the drive as well. You've got twenty goals mm. for the last three. Years. Why don't you get thirty now? And and he can maybe, but um... I think it comes down to natural 
it is just absolutely natural, isn't it? Because you mentioned Kane, it's a good example, good example. I think with Kane, what people love about him and what fans love about him is that you can see he is making the most of his ability, isn't he? Maybe he isn't the most naturally gifted striker because he's not the fastest, he's not the most skillful, is he? But he's, he's brilliant, isn't he? He's one of those. And with Aguero, it is, it's, maybe it's a similar comparison with the Ronaldo Messi where Messi's just got this God-given talent and people appreciate Ronaldo because they think he made the most of his talent, don't they? And maybe it's, it's, it's that sort of thing again with Aguero, that it is just so simple to him. And, but as well, there is sort of the, the off-field stuff as well in that you know Harry Kane is a, a local boy done good and yeah. come up through the academy and you know you look how much like Benjamin Mendy is already loved just for actually engaging with fans on Twitter and being quite funny and you know it's Aguero's perfectly within his rights not to engage with anyone or do any media or anything but it I think it does mean that people don't really know fully what he's like mm-hmm. either on or off well, I was asked about this the other week and I compared him with Torre because if you asked me who City's greatest ever player is, I'd say Torre. And I wonder if part of that is because there's also the baggage that comes with him. You know, It's the whole picture of him, isn't it? That I think of the great City moments, he was generally there. And mm. He was a driving force behind it. But maybe there is also that, that fear for City fans over however many seasons running that he was going to leave them. You know, you, you love them, oh, please stay, please stay. They've never had that with Aguero, it's just you don't have to think about him. No, maybe that's why he kind of goes under the radar. Possibly, yeah. I think also these sort of individual owners tend to follow club honours, don't they? Yeah. The winner of the Player of the Year, whatever, is normally from the Champions, mm. and I don't think City have helped him by sort of you know underachieving in the in, the, in these two, these three or four years. There was obviously the 2012 win, and to be fair, his omission from the team near that year was a bit mm. was shocking. But the 2014 title win, he wasn't. Obviously, he contributed massively, but he wasn't the standout performer of it. I think Jacko tipped up with all the goals at the end of the season, yeah. didn't he? That year, and even so, Liverpool won all the awards because they seem to get more accolades for finishing second than City did for winning the league. Um, so well, that's another. Rodgers got manager of the year and all that sort of stuff. No, what I'm just saying, and then Hazard seems to repeatedly because Chelsea's done so yeah. well in those two years that you look to the the title winners, don't you? You know, they've won the league. Who within their team, right? Kante, he's the the pick or whoever you tend to Does, look to the best team I, think if we, I, I might be playing to to you here as a, as a City fan here you'll, you'll probably appreciate this but does this come down to again an underappreciation of everything City have done almost this kind of thing of oh it doesn't really count because you've had all that money as in I'm, the examples you just made there Liverpool didn't win the title and got all the, the honours was there kind of a case of well, look what they did in spite of the fact they were up against City and the, all their all their wealth. Um, but they had Louis, like, I know, yeah, and they had Luis Suarez. And then Luis Suarez, yeah. Uh, yeah. But likewise, Leicester. You know, yeah. Leicester win the title and it's Mahrez, isn't it, like you say. But City win it, it's almost like, well, you should win it. I think if, if like say, well, I think one of the seasons, he was actually, he won the Golden Boot one year, didn't he? Mm. Was it 2013, 14? It was a year that he didn't get in the Team of the Year, yeah. as I recall. <laughs> But I think if City had won the league that year and he'd won the Golden Boot, he would have been Player of the Year without a doubt. That, that's the kind of point I'm getting at. Do you right. know what I mean? I think, I think your personal achievements are seen in the context of a team. And in a way, scoring 25 goals for the team that finishes fourth, is that going to win your Player of the Year? You know, I think Harry Kane wins it a lot for Tottenham, like I said, because Tottenham are seen to be massively overachieving. And he's seen to be massively overachieving personally, whereas 
And he's the great English hope as well. Isn't exactly. it? You get extra points for being English. <laughs> but there is an expectation thing and, you know, I think that Pellegrini didn't win it when he won the league. Did Alan Pardew win it or something like no, that? No, that was... Pulis won it for giving so Pulis. Pulis won it, Didn't yeah. Rodgers win it? Did Rodgers not win it the year? Um, I'm not sure. But I think, I think there's was two one different one ones. I think Rodgers won one and yeah, Pulis But it's, it's why, like, say, you know, a lot of people are talking about Matic now because he's very good and he wasn't seen as very good last season so it, what a transformation mm-hmm. and um, you know we're all talking about Kevin De Bruyne being amazing and he has been but someone told me some stats the other day about David Silva and he's sort of got twice the number of assists as De Bruyne and he's created more chances than him but you don't talk about it because he's so consistently excellent well the other problem there's not the up and down and it's kind of like the Aguero and yeah. Torre who's more you know Torre's had a journey hasn't he yes yeah that's true yeah the, the other problem for City is that they've got like this season if if City win the title the player of the year nominations will be spread right across that team they're going to mm. take nominations from each other aren't they if, if City win yes. the league they've got the player of the year will be from City mm. No well, that, I can see famously... it somewhere. It'll be Harry Kane. It'll be Harry yeah. Kane because it'll be spread among Aguero, Silva, De Bruyne, Jesus. That, I think that happened in the the year United won the treble. And Ginola. Uh, and Ginola won, yeah, yeah, because of the, the, there was like Scholes, Cole, York, Beckham. There's like four, four of them nominated, wasn't there? And that's the that's the danger that that City will have, and maybe that's had something to to do with it as well. Hmm. Well, someone's going to because obviously it looks like Lukaku is going to bang goals in Morata's going to bang goals in and you know at the end of the season so there's going to be a lot of disappointed people when them individual owners are handed out aren't they so it tends to be a schema though doesn't it more than a more than a forward as well well it's fashionable isn't it yeah like last year it was Kante and it was a case of oh we appreciate the hard work he does the, the mm. unsung stuff so we'll sing about it but yeah other times so it was it Mares the year Mares before the year and before, then Hazard the year before that so you, you think De Bruyne or Silva Got to be uh, looking looking good at this time of the season. You heard it here first. That seems as good a time as any to put an end to this. It looked like you wanted to say something then. No, you heard it here first. Harry Kane played the year 2018. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, we'll be back next week. It is an international week, but we'll try to find something. We'll have to loads. Talk about. Really good stuff. Fabian Dels man of the match England performance for one. Remember, if you want the latest episodes, to subscribe on iTunes. Where else can I subscribe? It's on SoundCloud as well. All the usual places. <laughs>